everybody, and welcome to the Money Made Easy podcast. Every week, we will catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast and also on our website at MoneyMadeEasyPodcast.com. We'll be talking all things money, earning it, saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible. Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close. We're far from it. We will be bringing on some of the best experts in the biz to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. All right, guys, it's another great episode. We've got Holly Gray with us today. She's with Anything But Gray Events, uh, and she does colorful celebrations for creative clients. And Anything But Gray Events, I mean, it's just the perfect name. Mm -hmm. So let's welcome Holly to the show. Holly. Good morning, ladies. (laughs) Thank you so much for being Uh, here. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for being here. And why don't you start out by just giving us a little bit of background about how you got into um, designing events and weddings and um, why uh, your events are always so colorful and how that became your thing with a name like Holly Gray. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will give you my little backstory. I grew up in the wedding industry. My mom was a planner for 20 years. So I had no intention of becoming a wedding planner myself. (laughs) as many kids of, you know, parents that do a specific thing, you either decide you're going to be in that business or you, you know, hightail it the other direction. And for me, my calling was theater and stage management. I was a stage manager for live theater for 10 years. So as a wedding planner, I think I see things in a little bit different way than other planners might Mm -hmm. see them. And how I kind of fell back into this industry, if you will, uh, was, I was kind of at this crossroads in my life where I was working in corporate America and hating it. (laughs) Um, I had figured that uh, working in the stage management field, it was very uh, male centric. As a a woman in the industry, I was finding it very hard to climb that ladder of success, which I was very much wanting to climb. And I needed to take a step back, kind of reevaluate where I was. Uh, At the same time, I was finishing up a degree uh, in culinary school, so I was really overloading myself, frankly, Uh, but that's what I tend to do in life anyway, I'm an overachiever. And I I kind of looked, took a step back from my life and looked at it, and I thought, you have a degree in, you know, the culinary arts, you have background in design and stage management, you certainly grew up in the wedding industry, why can't you put all these things together, start your own business, with all those things in mind, but do it in your way, you know, in a different way, in the anything but gray way, if you will, yes. if you will. Uh, with a name like Holly Gray, uh, it's just, it's my God-given name, and, you know, I never liked gray, I never associated with it, I've always been a really colorful person, so that had to be where my business started, and it took off from there, so, you know, I really, I look for those colorful weddings, those creative clients. I like to call them my wackadoos, people that are not normal, do not want to do things, you know, in the box. They're very anti-cookie cutter, 
Those are my couples and I service them very well. I love it. I love that. Well, and with weddings too, I feel like being in the wedding industry, I see a lot of the same colors and same muted colors. And as much as those are beautiful, like I think it's so refreshing to get, you know, a different (laughs) style and a different look into the mix. And I just love like your whole, I mean, cruising through your website and just like all your copywriting and all of it. It's just like so fun. And like, you just like feel your personality before even reaching out, which I think is so important. Um, but yeah, I love, I love the name and I love the color. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We don't do blush weddings. I yeah. mean, we can do them, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's wonderful that um, brides who want a bride and brides and groom who want a colorful wedding have a place to come. They have a home with you. And that's um, such an important thing that everyone can find the perfect um, designer for them. So mm-hmm. that's wonderful. I think. Yeah. yeah. We love servicing, you know, we have brides and brides, grooms and grooms, brides yes. and grooms. We service the yes. LGBTQ oh, community. Mm-hmm. We really try to be inclusive of bringing in those clients that just want something different. Yes. And we need I more of that awesome. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So what about, let's go ahead, since this is money made easy, let's go ahead and dive into the money issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Before we get into weddings and money, let's uh, maybe hear about how your relationship with money is, uh, how it was growing up and that kind of thing. Oh, we're going like really hardcore, right? Into <laughs> yeah, we are. Right into <laughs> we therapy. just dive right in here. Dive right in. Uh, <laughs> so that's, a, that's a really big question. And I think money mindset and how people are, were raised with talking about money or not is a huge part of how we go into our lives, especially yeah. as women. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I grew up, my mother was a single mother. My father passed away when I was six. My brother was two. Very suddenly he passed away. So money oh was never, um, not, never something we discussed. Mm-hmm. I knew that we didn't have a lot of it, but I didn't know how much we did or didn't have. Mm-hmm. I knew my mom uh, did everything. She was, she was the parent. She really embodied everything that you would want in a parent and did it all. Uh, but money was never a conversation. So for me as uh, a young entrepreneur, I didn't really know where to turn. Mm-hmm. To, to think about, to learn about money. I just knew that I, in my business early on, I was struggling with it. There was never enough money to go around. Um, that's when I knew that I had to buckle down, raise my prices, learn my value mm-hmm. and you know, the time that it takes to do what I do and charging accordingly for that. Yeah. And especially as the experience grew and grew that had to come into play. But as I learned from other entrepreneurs, there has been this ongoing kind of connecting line that money wasn't something we talked about. Mm-hmm. So as entrepreneurs, a lot of us kind of feel stuck when we first start on learning about money and how, how we can incorporate that into our mindset with our businesses. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. That is so good. That sums up. I feel like so many people who are just starting out, I feel like that is exactly where they're at. I think that mm-hmm. is the that's the norm it seems uh not knowing not talking about it and um there's a lucky few that their parents talked about it and raised them talking about it and all of that but that's uh, they're they're in the minority and um 
we hear so many stories like yours and and that's so typical and and yes as women to talk about money aren't we being crazy here (laughs) (laughs) but that's why we wanted to open up this conversation and as especially um i learned as i've been learning and growing about money i learned a statistic that the average woman is uh widowed at 66 in the united states And that number to me was like, my jaw fell, my heart Mm -hmm. sunk, my stomach burned, my jaw fell, all of it. Just thinking, you know, there are many of us, I don't count myself included, but there are many Mm -hmm. people that think that money can only be accomplished or having funds can only be accomplished by being married to someone, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is, having a partner. And there's a lot of us who are businesswomen, who are single entrepreneurs who have to do it on their own. And I think that we should teach our daughters. We should talk about it with each other. We have to make our own money as women. Mm -hmm. And if if there's any soapbox that I want to like live and die on, it's that. (laughs) Because you never know what your life is going to be. I was divorced in my early 30s. That took a huge financial dip to my finances Mm -hmm. for both my personal and business life. So learning how to think about money and empower yourself to know that you have to make your own money and you have to be able to take care of yourself. If you have a partner in this great, even more, you know, icing on the cake, but that base has to come from you and you have to know that you can support yourself no matter what the situation. Well, and just like with your father, I mean, your mother wasn't expecting that you said it was very sudden that had to be such a shock to her and such an upheaval in your family life. Mm -hmm. And you know, if, um, if we were all, like you said, financially independent as women, then if something does sudden like that happens, you aren't thrown for a loop you aren't, you know, just knocked off balance. And I mean, obviously emotionally you would be, it would be a loss, but it, hopefully it wouldn't be such a financial hit yeah. and such a financial burden. So that is so important that we all, uh, that's one of the main reasons why we started this podcast is to get those girls thinking about being financially independent and, and not just even financially, um, you know, earning money, but investing it and saving it and doing it in the best way possible. So thanks for being a part of it today. (laughs) So when it comes to weddings, they can be very expensive. Why don't you give us kind of a rundown on some of the expenses and then if we can uh, maybe even look into some ways where we could possibly save money if we're planning a wedding. Um, Like obviously Angelica's is coming up here very soon. So um, yes. So yeah, this is a very timely topic, right, Angelica? Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I mean, I know that's such a big question and that's why we wanted to kind of do this. I mean, I've learned a, a lot and I'm in the industry and I thought maybe I had an upper hand, but you know, by being a wedding photographer, like I know weddings, like I do this all the time. This is what I do for a living. And I mean, there's just so much not talked about, especially going into the money aspect. And like, you know what the, like if you could easily look up like, oh, what is the average wedding cost in that Los Angeles of this year or whatever, but you don't know all the nitty gritty details and all of that. So I know this is like a very big question. So maybe we can start with like, you know, a first time client coming in and I guess like, what is, do you ask them a certain sort of questions that, you know, kind of guides them into like the kind of wedding that they want? Like, or do you start with budget or I guess, how does that conversation usually start initially? And then um, I guess we can go on from there. Woo. That's another big, I know. Sorry. We're like no, going on. It's good. I like we're diving into it. 
So um, I'm going to take like 10 steps back from that question Okay. and start off by saying to listeners, I know you have listeners all over the place. Uh, I live in the LA Los Angeles market. I yes. work in this market. Uh, it's just a different animal. I'm going to say yeah. that yes. right from the beginning. <laughs> I'm looking at budgets. Um, my average budgets for weddings are between 50 and $150,000. And I know for somebody that is living in the you know middle of America, that, that number might be just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you my experience in my business where I live in my city. Yes. So take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, but it's also a very expensive city to live in. So mm -hmm. if I didn't have that, then I couldn't live here. So it all kind of balances out. Yeah. Uh, first off, I, I've kind of built up these different levels that clients can get to me. And the first one is the website. So again, you've mentioned that I'm super colorful, out of the box creative. I do not get the people that want to do um, blush weddings in, uh, you know, banquet halls. Like I just don't get those clients. Yeah. So right off the bat, where I'm setting the expectation is this is what I do. This is what I excel at. And that right away takes off a group of people who is not interested in what I have to offer whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Great. You either love what I do or hate what I do. I am okay either way. But... Uh, it sets that expectation. And from there, I do put my starting price for my lowest package on my website mm -hmm. uh, because I think it's a good place for people to at least start. Numbers shock the hell out of people, especially yeah. when it comes to weddings. Because you know what? I plan weddings every single day, but the average bride and groom, groom and groom, bride and bride coming to me, mm -hmm. it's probably their first wedding and they don't know where to start at all. Mm -hmm. It's different. I like to to um, say it's kind of like if I decided to uh, totally gut my bathroom, I would have no idea how much a bathtub costs yeah. or a shower head costs or a new <laughs> toilet cost. I would have no idea. So I call a professional, uh, a contractor, a plumber, someone who specializes in that to give me that information. So I do that for my clients. It's education. I don't want to scare you with numbers. I just want to educate you on realistic numbers in the market. Mm -hmm. In Los Angeles, the average wedding venue rents out for between three and $10,000 on average. Mm -hmm. So that right away will tell people, okay, either we can afford a wedding of the size we're looking for, or we can't. Cause right off the bat, if you don't have a wedding uh, venue, you don't have a wedding. Yeah. You just, you need a place to hold people <laughs> right off the bat. Um, and, and kind of talking them through those numbers helps educate them. Mm -hmm. I like to tell my clients on any client that is willing to hear it, whether they're my client or not, your budget equals your expectations and your expectations equal your budget. So what does that mean? <laughs> Whatever your budget is, you can have a wedding, but your expectations have to fit that. Mm -hmm. You know, when I get clients that come to me, you know, sending me their Pinterest boards, sending me their wish lists of a thousand things, sending me pictures of $10,000 wedding dresses and then telling me they have a budget of $10,000 for their wedding of 200 people, I'm going to tell them that math does not add up. Mm -hmm. The information you're telling me and the actual hard costs are not in alignment. That doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means you have to align your budget versus your expectations because otherwise there's going to be discrepancies and someone's going to end up crying in the corner. Yeah. Whether it's you or your mother or your wedding planner <laughs> or whatever, someone's going to cry and I don't want that. <laughs> um, I do take a step back, very kind and loving 
and heartfelt way to try to educate my clients mm -hmm. so they understand where this is coming from. Uh, there's no such thing as a wedding tax. Oh my God, if I read that on another blog, there's no such thing as a wedding tax. Weddings cost what they're going to cost. And there's a lot more involved in planning a wedding than in planning a backyard barbecue for 20 people. I'm just, that's just how it goes. So please don't think that like us small business owners are out there rubbing our hands together going like, how are we going to jit these people out of their money? Yeah. It's not how it is. I promise you. Yeah. Well, in fact, a lot of times having a wedding planner can save you money mm -hmm. because you have connections with people and you know, you know, you can find those uh, places where, okay, so, you know, this is what you've got. We can cut costs here and put them towards there. What, ask, and yeah. you can ask the right questions of where do you want to spend your money? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to totally yes. And that, uh, and I will add on to that, that clients come to wedding planners sometimes thinking we're going to get them deals, quote unquote. And I'll explain more of what a, what, what a wedding planner thinks of that. Mm -hmm. We're not going to ask our vendors to discount their pricing. We're not going to ask the venue to discount our pricing. But what we do offer is uh, education and, and information. Mm -hmm. So if a client comes to me saying, you know, we really want an indoor outdoor venue. Uh, we're looking in January for 100 people. In my mind, I'm going through my rental ro Rolodex of venues that I know maybe offer uh, uh, packages during that time, during the January slump time of the year, mm -hmm. maybe they can offer a better deal. So that's not me going to a venue saying I need a discount for my client. Yeah. It's me having that education and doing the legwork to know what's available to my clients to help them out. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, for me, honestly, it's, it's making sure that they uh, are not making a mistake that I have to fix. Yeah. That's where a lot of the legwork comes in for wedding planners is I'm getting them before they've made those mistakes that cost them money that we can't fix. Yeah. Um, you know, once the money is spent on like a second dress that you probably didn't need, I can't fix that for you. But if I'm going to educate you on, Hey, maybe we just need one dress for our wedding so that we have, you know, the finances to feed your guests. Yeah. Be a smarter idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. and even some of it, uh, event locations have to use their on-site catering, which is a set fee versus if you wanted to do food trucks, that would be a cheaper option. And so you know which which locations, which event places have blocked in food options versus more open options, right? Exactly. It's it's all about the education. I, I meet a lot of vendors. I go on a lot of site tours. I dive in. Uh, I pride myself and you could read in a lot of my reviews, my clients say, Holly knows everyone. That's my job to know everyone. Yeah. It's, it's part of why you hire an experienced wedding planner because we have those connections, those relationships. It comes down to relationships always. Yeah. Well, and a part of the expertise of a wedding planner too, is to find the best set of vendors for that client too, because like what might work for one client might not work for the next. So like using the knowledge that you have of your clients and then, and what they want from their wedding and then matching that with all the, you know, connections and people that you know, to, you know, best fit the needs of their day and make it, you know, however, um, make it the best day ever, whatever. But, um, but yeah, no. And, and for those who may not think that they need a wedding planner, <laughs> um, I think you like, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm obviously like biased because I work in this industry, but it is, the utmost 
important vendor um, and like needs to be the first hire for sure, I believe. But, Yay, yeah. I love hearing that. Of course. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and I work in this industry too as a calligrapher and I know and never am offended when people aren't going to use a calligrapher because it doesn't fit into people's budget. Or mm-hmm. I also have, there's, you know, I've done a lot of weddings where I've just done the place cards and it's like, I'm not offended that I didn't get to address your envelopes or design mm-hmm. your invitations or any of that. I don't take offense to it. I know that calligraphy is a luxury kind of a add on item and doesn't fit every budget and that's okay. <laughs> Or even style. Some people, you know, uh, some people also only think traditional calligraphy and aren't aware of the more modern options. So it's yeah. it's one of those things. If we got our feelings hurt, well, this is the wrong business to be. I wouldn't get their feelings hurt. It's business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, what is the biggest, I guess, surprise to them as far as expenses? Um, what are the things that they're usually like, that's going to cost what, or, or is there, is it different for every couple or they, how educated do they come into the meeting with you? Or do you, I'm sure it's a, a range, but what is, is there anything that you can say is more common or less common mm-hmm. or where you're always having to, I'm always going to have to tell my couples this. Reoccurring things. Well, that's another good question. <laughs> I, I'm always going to have to tell my couples everything. <laughs> um, but again, going back to the fact that I'm in the Los Angeles market, my clients tend to be uh, performers in some kind. They're in uh, the industry, the quote unquote industry, if you will, of yeah. TV and film. So they're directors, they're actors, they're producers, they're uh, writers. They are people that are already kind of savvy about events in general, because for their work, most of them are doing this for a living. That's why they want to hire me because Mm -hmm. a, I speak their language. I was a stage manager. I get what they're going through. And I know that they're focusing on projects in their own field, Mm -hmm. big events. They don't have time to focus on their wedding. That's why they're coming to me. So in general, I am lucky with, I get a little bit of the learning curve with, with, they already understand how things work in general. Uh, but it's the little costs that add up really. Mm-hmm. It's things that the unsexy things I like to call it. Uh, it's uh, service staff, it's valet, it's having mm-hmm. to rent out uh, a mobile bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> things that things that you're like, God, I only want to talk about pretty things like flowers and dresses <laughs> and calligraphy <laughs> on invitations. Yeah. It's the unsexy yeah, mobile bathroom. That, that, that's fun. part of my job to educate them on of like, hey, we need to add these things into our budget line early so we don't forget about them. Even though there's something that we don't really want to talk about, we still need them as a functional logistical part of our event. Yeah. Well, and having right. that knowledge too in that background of each venue and like these venues include bathrooms that are nice and you don't need to, you know, or generators for the bathrooms or like just all, like you said, I mean, all those things definitely can add up. And I think hiring, you know, a professional wedding planner who knows all of this will definitely help you at least see your budget in the beginning stages of the wedding planning process rather than where you're a month out and you need all these last minute things. And so now you have last minute costs on top of it. If there is one, you know, like, and then you're just like literally just giving your credit card number to everyone and you don't even know. Right. How much. <laughs> bring it'll go through. Yeah, exactly. Please don't decline. 
And the other thing I do for my clients, and it's, it's more of a mental mindset money trick, is I always skew their budgets higher. Because you know what? For all of us, if we have a budget in mind and we somehow come under the budget, even if it's just because we've, we've padded it on the front end, and that way on the back end, we've come out feeling like, wow, we saved money, whether or not we actually saved money or not. But it kind of makes us feel empowered with our money instead of having this negative feeling about money. I want to take away the negative feeling. And if you're talking about it, it helps. Yeah, absolutely. I That's, I mean, you can't uh, be an ostrich, put your head in the sand and not deal with it. You have to deal with it. That's what, that's the biggest takeaway I think from this show on every episode is face it and deal with it and look at the numbers. Yes. <laughs> so of course that would apply here too. Um, so if there's someone that can't afford you, can they get ideas from your website? Can they DIY this themselves? I mean, what, what could they do if they just don't have the budget? They want to get married. They, they're going to get married in their backyard because they don't have the budget for an event space. You know, what are some of the things that you can, you know, give advice for if they do need a lower budget or if they do want to DIY it some themselves? Well, in terms of my business, I offer two packages to clients. One, of course, is full planning and design, which is the whole shebang. It's a year of work and, and time and uh, all the good stuff that comes out of my brain and my hands. Yeah. If, if that's not something that's in your budget, totally understand. I offer uh, wedding management, which starts three months before your wedding, which for a lot of couples on a budget, on more of a budget, is a way to get through the last three months of planning together and I'll be honest with you, a lot of what I do for wedding management is fixing the mistakes you've already made. Mm -hmm. But in fixing the mistakes that you've already made, they don't happen on your wedding day, which yeah. of course is everyone's goal, right? Mm -hmm. And if, if wedding management is not even in your budget, I, I do offer people uh, a chance to set up consultations with me, like a Zoom consultation, mm -hmm. a video chat, where they can ask me some questions in a set period of time. Of course, that is at an hourly fee. It's not going to be the same as having a wedding planner, but mm -hmm. I guess as opposed to having no one, it's a good step yeah. in the right direction. So, yeah, um, right. but I don't, I don't offer this kind of like pick your brain for free mm -hmm. because everyone's time and talents and expertise come with a cost. Just yeah. like you can't walk into Absolutely. a store and be like, hey, I want to borrow that Kate Spade jacket for like an hour and then I'll bring it back. Can like, can that be free? <laughs> like Nordstrom's was going to look at you and go like, who the heck do you think you are? So, you know, as much as I love people that reach out saying like, can I pick your brain? Well, you can. It's going to cost you a certain amount. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I put, I put a heck of a lot of information on my blog, on my website, on my Instagram, on my Facebook. I try to empower people, but at the end of the day, having an expert on your side, on your team, that's an invaluable thing. So yeah, right. you have to decide what's important to you. Again, expectations uh, yes. and your budget, budget and your expectations. I love that. I think that's so important. And so it's def I mean, whenever I have a client come to me, that's the, I mean, the first thing I ask is like, what is your overall vision? Um, just so that not we can, we can get it like a sense of what they're, they want and then, you know, go from there. But like, I mean, for us, like we didn't have the biggest budget, but we knew we wanted our wedding in California because that's where our family is and that's where everyone is. Um, and so we decided to do a weekday wedding because we felt that, you know, that at least would help with some costs. And while yes, it's a little inconvenient for guests, like 
we have to do what's best for us. And like, we have huge families, so it's going to be a larger guest count. And like, just, you know, all the things that it, it was definitely for me and for obviously my fiance, it was tough because like for the reason, honestly, why we decided to not elope and actually have a wedding in California was, or, you know, in the Los Angeles area, um, was, I just feel like life is very short and there's very few moments in life where you get to have all of your favorite family and favorite friends all in one space. And that to me was like the purpose and the reason why I wanted to have a wedding. Um, but uh, if we like, I don't know if that wasn't that important or we really did not have the means or the budget for it, then we would have just done a small intimate ceremony, you know, in a beautiful area and called it good. And it would have been great, just, just as great as anything else. So I think really just like talking with your partner and discussing like what is most important to us on this day, because it can so easily be about everyone else the second they get involved and having that conversation first and then going in like, doing a consultation with Holly and like, you know, trying to see like what would be the best, you know, I love that you do that because I think it like allows for couples to at least get the inf some information and like then make their best decision rather than like signing a contract and going full force and then realizing it's not something that might not be the best, you know, option for them. Totally. And I do my consultations with clients, potential yeah. clients are always via video chat. Yeah. I got rid of phone calls a long time ago. And I also do not leave my office to meet with you before yes. we have a contract. I am happy to sit at my computer in my office, um, pretty much dressed from the waist up with makeup <laughs> <Yes>. on, <laughs> uh, but I'm not leaving my office um, and battling LA traffic, finding parking, yes. you know, buying a $12 latte before we've signed a contract. And that's mm -hmm. just kind of what I've set as my baseline. But having a video chat, if you're not doing it now, really with any business you're in, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because it's a chance for me to see potential clients in person. I get to see what like their house looks like. Yeah. I get to see how they interact with each other. Mm -hmm. If they find what I'm saying pleasing or if they're terrified, like I can see their face. Yeah. So it's a good way right off the bat to know like, is this my ideal client? Is what I'm saying in terms of cost going to align with this person mm -hmm. right off the bat? Yeah, I agree. That's and wonderful. Yeah. I used to actually, back when I first started my business, I used to meet all my clients in person before booking. And I mean, just everything that you mentioned, like going to find parking, driving, battling traffic, like getting, you know, food, maybe having to change in the car before you get there, like getting ready in your car. Like it's a lot of work and time that I don't think people always realize, you know, and I mean, there's been more often times than not where like I will spend my whole, cause my parents live in Santa Cruz, So it's like most of my stuff is down in LA and it's like at least a two hour drive. So I try and like, you know, book everything all in one day. And then, you know, when I took all this time and energy to, for this one consult that didn't end up booking me, it just is like even more of, you know, like a downer, but, um, no, I, I do the same though. I, you know, video calls I'm available, you know, whenever I can, but I agree. I think, and I, I love, you mentioned this earlier and this is a, um, not obviously wedding. I mean, it is wedding based, but more of like the entrepreneur side of things. But like when you start your business, like you don't always know, I feel like if there's such an expectation of like knowing your pricing and all this, and it's definitely a learning process and like knowing what you can handle and knowing your value. And I just respect that you like, you just, I don't know. I just love that your confidence and who you are in your business. And I know it's, it's very inspiring because like 
for me, I've struggled a lot with that. Like just trying to figure out like, where am I with pricing? And like, can I, what can I be doing more for my clients? And I'm just always, I'm just also naturally so hard on myself. So, um, but I don't know. I just really love and respect that you just like seem like just, Oh, I love it. I don't know. (laughs) Well, thank you. Let me tell you, it took a long time to get there. And let me, let me give anyone who's listening a tip on how I got there as an entrepreneur. Uh, last year I had this kind of, um, a sit down again with myself every year. I like to analyze my business where I am personally, where I am professionally and kind of have that one-on-one with myself and go, okay, what's working and what needs to change. Yeah. And I broke down, I took one wedding, one full planning and design wedding from day one. I started tracking how many hours it took me to do anything involved with that wedding, whether it was a proposal, an email, meeting them in person, driving downtown for a venue walkthrough, whatever it was, I wrote it down. Um, I, I use aisle planner as one of my, uh, you know, platform tools. I love aisle planner. So I was taking an, an aisle planner notes of everything. And by the end of that wedding, 11 months later, I calculated that I had spent 400 hours with those clients. Wow. 400 hours. So you think about like how many days is that? How many weeks is that? Mm -hmm. How much time is that away from your family or your friends or other things that are really valuable to you in life? Because none of us set out to be entrepreneurs that work 24 hours a day. Yeah. The goal with being an entrepreneur is that you have a little bit of freedom in your life, that you're not chained to a desk that you can see your, your loved ones more often, that you have quality time. But so much the time now with entrepreneurs, we're, we're getting it twisted that we, in order to be successful, and success is like a whole other word that I could talk about for hours, but in order to be successful, we have to constantly be working. And when I looked at that 400 hour number, I knew that I had to raise my prices. I knew I had to streamline how I was working with clients because I, if I was giving 400 hours to that particular client, how was I servicing all my other clients in exactly. the same way or an equal way to what service package they had with me? Mm-hmm. But also like I was going to bed way late. I was getting up way early. I wasn't spending time with my boyfriend. I wasn't like hanging out with my girlfriends. I wasn't getting a pedicure. Like I wasn't getting all the things that kind of like filled my love bucket too. And the Mm -hmm. reasons why I got into being an entrepreneur and a business owner myself. So for anyone out there who's thinking to themselves, Oh my God, I feel run down. There's not enough money in my bank account. I don't know where to go from here. Take a step back stop yourself, take a deep breath and analyze where you're at and how much time you're putting in to each client and, and do the math. God, I hate math. Let me tell you, I failed math every year in school. I always had a tutor, but now as an adult, I go calculator, uh, tell me what the numbers are. And if you're working for $6 an hour, $7 an hour, whatever it is under wow. what you should be making mm-hmm. to be profitable, because in the end, we're not, we're not working for fun. We're not working as a hobby. This is not my hobby. I have a lot of hobbies, but this is my business. This is my profession. I should be making money for it. And if I'm not, there's a problem in the cycle and I need to change it. So, you know, if you're making minimum wage, go work at McDonald's. There is no shame in working at McDonald's. Those French fries are (laughs) bomb.com. But that's not what we got into business for as entrepreneurs. We got into business to get ahead. So, reevaluate your money and reevaluate your worth and, and your value. Ladies, reevaluate your value because I think so many of us are just really skidding on that bottom 
and we shouldn't be. Because remember that number I said in the beginning of this podcast, the average woman is widowed at 66. Mm -hmm. How old are you now? Do the math. How much money do you need in your bank account to take care of yourself for the rest of your life if the average human lives to 80? It's frightening. It's frightening how many of us are not taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Take a step back, reevaluate yourself, make that money, change your money mindset. Love okay. this. Preach, snap, Holly. Snap, Preach. Yeah. snap, snap. <laughs> Preach it, <Well> Holly. Good. <laughs> Granted, I'm not going to say I'm the expert because there are months that I struggle. Oh, Don't okay. get me Everybody wrong. Yeah. But I am saying this also for myself to remind myself of you have value, Holly. Do mm-hmm. not let people walk all over you. Yep. No, no. Right. Snaps for that. I think that, I think as entrepreneurs, we all have to make that journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe there's a few that start out and they know their value from the get-go and they're charging these prices and it works for them. But I think uh, as a calligrapher, when I first started out, yeah, I shouldn't have been paid, you know, $4 an envelope because my envelopes weren't that great back then. But I I will say after doing 200 envelopes at $1.50, you can best believe I raised my prices immediately (laughs) because I was a lot better by that 200th one. (laughs) They were looking and and they thought they were all amazing. And I will say that was charging 50 cents more than they offered me. So I thought I was doing great. So now that, you know, I'm up to $3.50 or $4 an envelope, it's, um, shocking to people that you can, you know, get paid that much to write an address on one envelope. And it's like, you don't realize that each envelope, how long each envelope takes to write. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it, it, it all is um, an evolving and it all is in entrepreneurship and in weddings. It is all of that, knowing your value and asking for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks for Be sharing all of your to learn. I mean, yeah. right now I, I'm always, I'm always learning mm-hmm. right now. I'm in Maria Bayer's irresistible selling course, which is, uh, if you don't know Maria Bayer, she's talk about a, a woman with a plan and some like major money mindset goals. But for myself, I found that selling felt icky to me. Yeah. And you know what? Part of my business is selling. I had to get over it. So taking this course was a huge learning lesson of, oh, okay, I'm going to make selling not feel icky. I'm going to do it in a way that feels organic and natural to me. And that has also made me money. So mm-hmm. reinvest in yourself and in education. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so easy cool. as like an entrepreneur too. I mean, for me, I struggled with, I mean, finding value like we talked about, but also like not being so emotional with it. And like, it is your business. Like, you know, if someone doesn't book you, they don't book you. Like you move on. Like things, you know, things are constantly in motion. Like you just have to, I I don't know. It's been, it's definitely brought me to like a lot of different, like come to Jesus moments because I was just like, wow, like, okay. Like this is not just like a hobby anymore. You know, like it was in the beginning and now it's my full blown business and I can't just keep taking things so personally. And I need to, like you said, selling, like I hate selling. I'm the most uncompetitive, like non-salesy person ever so like if you don't like me as your photographer great like please go find someone that you vibe with and that's great for you but like I'm so bad at like selling myself because I'm like oh okay like no worries like you know I'll help you find someone else I'm like why am I offering more like more of my time for someone that's I'm gonna book <laughs> no me? listen don't get me wrong I believe in community over competition yes. all day every day rising tide and being a leader with rising tide has taught me that principle but I challenge you because I talk to a lot of women who do this 
you know, we'll, we'll send out a proposal and, you know, you all hold your breath, like yeah. before you send out a big proposal, like, like, oh my God, this is so much money. I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> and you, you press send and you like walk away and get yourself a latte and hope that like your brain calms down. But sometimes we get those responses. Uh, and I think the number one response for most of us in the wedding industry is your pricing is over what we can pay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people respond back with, okay, I understand. Let me take it down a thousand dollars or five. Like that's their immediate response. And my mm-hmm. re- immediate response is, thank you so much. You know, I'm, I, I wish you the best of luck finding a professional that you fit well with in your budget and in your design. Yes. Look. Um, you know, wish you best of luck. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Because the minute we start doing this sliding scale of like, oh, someone's going to like haggle with me and this mm-hmm. and that. Like, again, you cannot walk into Nordstrom's and haggle. Yeah. So stop right. this, like, oh, I'm going to just be willing to give you my services for free. Because I think a lot of people use that as a tactic because they've been taught, they've read in some wedding blog, like haggle, stop yeah. haggling. Your price is based on your numbers, your hard costs, how much it costs. I mean, maybe people don't know this, but to have a business in California, your LLC, my LLC is $800 a year. Yeah. So right there. That's a huge chunk. Plus mm-hmm. all my, the platforms that I pay for my advertising, it adds taxes, up. Yeah. Taxes. I mean, yeah. Jesus, taxes. I got to start doing taxes. I know. Yeah. But don't, don't start giving in to haggling, set your mm-hmm. price, be confident about what you're selling yourself for, not selling yourself for, but what, what you're selling your, your service, numbers. Yeah. Be confident in your numbers and then go, mm-hmm. I have to walk away and listen, there's been some clients that I was so excited to work with. I loved their style. I liked where they were going and it hurt me to say, to, to read those emails of like, you're out of our budget, but I had to go, you know what? I know myself. And if I took on a client at uh, a percentage of, of what I normally charge, I would just become resentful. Yeah. Again, I'm doing that 400 hours of work and I'm just getting paid $7 for it. I'm going to be resentful. I know yeah. me. So yeah. don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and if you take on too much, you can't provide the same service to each of your clients who did pay you at full price and all of that. So yes, definitely very important. Well, I know we do need to wrap up very soon, but um, I guess what is your biggest piece of advice for a, a couple who just got engaged? And I mean, I know we talked about like maybe they need to have that conversation between themselves, but um, yeah, I guess you can just give a, one piece of advice you can give to a newly engaged couple who is still figuring out I guess what they should do next. First, first piece of advice is sit down the two of you and decide your top three. And I say top three things that are important to you for a wedding. And it could be totally different between the two partners Yeah. and coming together. Some person can say like the venue is the most important. The other person could say the music or the food, but mm-hmm. kind of aligning what your expectations are for each other before reaching out. Because I find the, biggest hardship with clients is when they're not on the same page. Yeah. I can't make you be on the same page with each other. That's mm-hmm. your job. I can make everything else work. Yeah. So communication between the two partners and really deciding why you're having a wedding, just like you talked about Angelica, why, why you're doing this instead of running and eloping. Cause yeah. you know what? Weddings are not mandatory. Mm-hmm. What's mandatory is the license, but the whole shebang is not mandatory. So deciding why you're doing it and, and where your heart lies in it is really important. Yes. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, All right. Well, we always like to wrap up with two questions. The first question, I know you touched on this a little bit, but uh, what is your, yeah, I was super excited. Um, What is your (laughs) definition of success? 
to me, success is putting out uh, work that you're proud of and making uh, relationships within your field that are lasting and meaningful. I love that. Beautiful. Ooh, so good. <laughs> and we always ask, what are the three words that come to mind when you think about money? The three words that come to my mind when I think about money are fear, because it can be terrifying. And then from there, it goes to freedom, because how much freedom money can bring is quite monumental. Mm -hmm. And the last is fantastic, because you know what? I would love to say that money doesn't help in life, but it does. Mm -hmm. Making sure that you're taken care of and that your family is taken care of, that is fantastic. And it plays into those other two words. So those are my three I, words for money. Fear, freedom. I fantastic. love it. And I love that you used alliteration there, just like <laughs> the colorful celebrations for creative clients. I love like the alliteration color queen. <laughs> I you found out my secret. <laughs> <laughs> you found my secret out. I love to alliterate. I love, I love it, it too. I love it too. That's why we have money Mondays. Yes. <laughs> money, money. <laughs> Yes, Money Mondays. So, well, this has been so fun and uh, just get, given us all the great advice. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your day. We really appreciate it. We value you. Yes. And we My invoice will come in the mail, ladies. Don't worry. <laughs> just joking. We appreciate all that you've shared with our listeners, and we know that they will too. So, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And I, I welcome people reach out to me on Instagram. I'm yes. at anything but gray events. Remember gray is spelled with an A um, or email me Holly at anything but gray events. I'd love to talk to you about money and your mindset. That is perfect. That was just what our, the next thing was. Tell us where all we can find you. So <laughs> she, no surprise, is a very beautiful, colorful Instagram. So definitely go check her out there. It's amazing. Um, you will definitely get some color inspiration uh, mm -hmm. from looking at her feed. If you think you wanted a blush wedding, go to her feed and you will change your mind <laughs> like inspired. that. Be inspired. Yeah. <laughs> you will be inspired and think. Uh, nope I you'll you'll just do a 180 right then and there so <laughs> I'll make a con uh, a color convert out of you yes exactly uh, I will say uh because I also go to Tuesdays together with Holly sometimes and it definitely is one of those things it's like oh I'm gonna see Holly I should put on color oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I'm, hello, here I am. I'm, yeah, I'm wearing a gray sweater today. I mean, I'm lots of grays, lots of blacks, lots of whites. And so it, it's good, though, to put a little pop of color every once in a yes. while. I don't pull it off as beautifully as you do. You just if I if you if I ever saw you not in color, I would be like, oh, no, the world has ended. <laughs> well, living living my brand is a whole other conversation. I'm happy to talk to you about on a different podcast. <laughs> Well, I love, I love that you do. You definitely do that. So it's, um, you, it's a great thing, I think. So love okay. it. Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Have a great day. Cute. Thanks. You too. Have a great day, Holly. Bye. Okay. You all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review and might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there. And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show. And we'll see you next Money Monday. Bye. Bye.